This episode of Bush Breakaway is brought to you by DoorDash. That's right, DoorDash. I love DoorDash. Between never-ending laundry cycles and your incoming emails, you've got plenty to take care of. Don't lie to yourself. Give yourself at least one last thing to worry about and let DoorDash take care of your next meal. You want pizza, they want tacos, someone's craving froyo. There's something for everyone at DoorDash. It's super simple. Just go to the DoorDash app. It brings food to your door that you're craving right now. That's it. Ordering is easy. Open the DoorDash app, choose what you want to eat, and your food will be left safely outside your door with our new, their new, our new, like I'm part of DoorDash. <laughs> New contactless delivery door drop-off setting. DoorDash is great. I use it all the time. We order in on Friday nights. We're like make a date night out of it. We like pick something on DoorDash, like something we've ne- we would never usually eat. Order to the house, chow down with DoorDash. So what you have to do to use DoorDash, super simple. Right now, our listeners can get $5 off and zero delivery fees for their first order of $15 or more when you download the DoorDash app and enter code BSB. That's $5 off your $0 delivery fees. It's a free delivery. And your first order. And when you download the DoorDash app in the App Store and enter code BSB, you get $5 off your first order of $50 or more with DoorDash. Code BSB, don't forget. Big show, Corey Pronman today, our coworker uh, who ranked the Rangers number one in his uh, organizational rankings. So we're going to have a lot of questions about that and uh, other fun stuff. So stay tuned and here we go. Here's Mark Messier. Hi everybody, it's Mark Messier. And you're listening to Blue Shirts Breakaway, the number one Rangers podcast. Welcome to another week of the Bushers Breakaway. I am your host, Ryan Mead, and I'm here with my co-host, Greg Kaplan. Greg, say hello. Oh, happy days. Oh, happy days. A little gospel, a little church of Chicago. It's the dawning. It's the age <laughs> of Aquaria. Age of Steve Cohen. Welcome to the number Steve one Cohen. New York Rangers podcast. But I'd be I'd be such a bad friend if I didn't. Maybe he's gonna it. he's just gonna splash so much money that James Dolan's gonna get some of it too, and the Rangers are gonna get more money. Didn't Dolan right? try that, and like that, get in on the Mets thing for a while? I think the Mets wanted Dolan to get in on it, and Dolan was like, Nah. Uh no. Well that, my man my man Dolan might be playing some taxes on MSG soon. So I know. I, I know. So, <laughs> so the Rangers, a little uh, bit of trouble. We'll no, see. the Rangers, he can only, that's the thing. Like, you can't spend money in the NHL anyway, yeah. so it doesn't matter. It doesn't really the Knicks, matter. that's another story. Yeah, poor Knicks, huh? We'll see what they do. The Knicks are the next another team. Day, another Knicks. Knicks team the next team, they have to be uh, rescued. I saw um, an interesting post on Reddit that I wanted to talk to you about, and I wanted to get your about feedback on it. No, actually, it wasn't, but we'll get, we'll, huh. it's sort of baseball related. Is that weird? Are you are you telling me, mm-hmm. Ryan Mead, yes. that something besides Steve Cohen happened today? Honestly, no. Like nothing happened besides Steve Cohen. Legit. Like that's the, <laughs> probably the number one news, like in all sports. And like, I don't think there's any like what's going on. NHL playing today? I think so. Was it uh, Stars? And, uh, uh, I assume the Stars and Knights. Yeah, are Stars, playing Stars today. and Knights playing. In, uh, they started right now. They literally just started. Uh, so congratulations. <laughs> Uh, uh, did you know there was an NBA and NHL game yesterday? I did know about the NHL game. I had no idea about the NBA game. No, I had no clue. No, I, I had no why, clue. Why do, honestly, why do people try on Sundays? Specifically, the first Sunday of football. It's so, so, like, the first Sunday is a crime. Like, that's just the way it is. Like, I know they're in the bubble. And they want to get the hell out of there, right? They want to play the games as fast as possible. But for rating's yeah. sake, you can't go against the first Sunday of football. It no. crushes. It crushes. Yeah. You have no chance. And like someone, I saw one tweet about how the Islanders lost yesterday. I legit 
had no idea there was even a game. No, and all my... And I feel I, like I'm a guy who knows when games are out. I follow a lot of Islanders fans, like a good amount. And I interact with a lot of them too, Ethan being one. And I not one tweet. <laughs> you know, like, John, like the football was on. His team wasn't even playing. He covers the Giants. They were on tonight. Like, no one cared. So, yeah, Steve Coe is the only news other than football being back. I think that's really where we're at right now. Uh, the Stars, mm. interesting, right? Cool. And the Lightning, cool. I think that's got a pretty lackluster uh, finals in, in terms of uh, drawing audiences, in my opinion. I think the NHL well, is they probably... haven't, they haven't Now, they haven't won yet. That's true. You should say. That's true. They haven't uh, won yet. They could have won after this recording, but yes. All, all, I'm, all I'm going to say is I think it's overstated when it when people go oh the nhl the nhl doesn't want tampa and dallas as its final while that's probably true i have news for the people who say that it doesn't matter who's in the stanley cup final you're not getting a bigger audience either way your audience the nhl has decided that its audience is its audience and it it hasn't grown like if it buddy if it was rangers and if it was Raiders, the Raiders, Vegas Golden Knights, I think Raiders Blackhawks would be draw. Would be a draw. I don't think so. I I I I don't think hockey has done a good enough. I don't think it's done any kind of job Marketing in stars. trying to welcome in new fans. Yeah. So I think your I think it I think your your audience is people who like hockey. I really think I don't you think need the like a new coming in a new NHL game that's not like a Chell twenty one like a fun one like NHL hits again like you need stuff like that to really build fandom. Like it, it, well, it happens, but not, but not just that. At least when it's at least when it's in the summer, you have a chance at bringing in new fans. The, a casual sports fan has a literal smorgasbord of whatever the hell they want right now. Yeah, you want to watch baseball? Everything. It's on every night. You want to watch football? It's on almost every night. You want to watch basketball? It's on every night. If you want to get into hockey, it's on every night. You like there's the casual fan doesn't have to look for the one thing in normal year in normal times this is late <laughs> may time. early june right yes. baseball is still trying to get its feet under itself so it's so early in the season that you don't have to get too big into a playoff race yet uh basketball and hockey are on opposite schedules so they're never overlapping with each other right now there is a sport on every night that you can just everything is pushing towards the finale too late in the baseball season late obviously conference finals of both Football, uh, both basketball and hockey, and football is king whenever football is on. So, like, it doesn't. It it does. If Vegas made this final, I don't think it would matter. Yeah, um, I think not. You're right. a, not a one bit. I think not it, a one bit. Again, I think if it was Rangers, Blackhawks, I think, I think they do increase the draw. The draw. The draw. Wow, why can I say I think that word? That's that that's weird. the summer draw. I don't think it does anything right now. We'll never know. I don't think it does a thing. We'll never know. But I think Tampa but, has right. to be the favorite uh, currently, even though Dallas just keeps. Chugging along. So we'll see what happens there. Yeah, I, I would. My gut reaction is the line would probably be Tampa minus 225 to win the series. It's crazy that how good Tampa is. I keep thinking about this is that Tampa is so goddamn deep that they don't have Stamkos and they're still just chug. Like they just do whatever they want. Yeah. They're Stamkos so. Practice. Stamkos practice today too. Yeah, that's good. You know, that's bad news for the Stars. Like that team. Uh, yep. That team is. So, like, it makes me think, like, has it made you rethink what the Rangers actually need to do to win a cup? Because it has me a little bit. Like, they have are so goddamn stacked, and they're able to sign these, like, guys like Shattenkirk, you know? Like, these guys that they shouldn't be available, but they, they're able to sign them because they have, like, this 
Tampa Bay culture. And they get all these guys on cheap. And they get Kucherov on a cheap contract. And Point's going to take some sort of weak bridge deal. It, it's crazy. And Braden Point is incredible, by the way. He's so freaking good. Like, I, I now see why they, the Rangers were willing to send an offer sheet his way. He's that good. It's crazy. Yeah. I mean, New York will always have taxes. So it's never going to be an even playing field with Tampa. And we'll have to see what Tampa looks like after this offseason, man. We don't know. It's going to be very hard for that team to keep the core together. Uh, but it's the NHL, and the 30 other GMs will probably be more than willing to help them. So we'll uh, we'll we'll see. But It's, it's just the, the talent you need to really win a cup. Like, first of all, you need good luck. Second of all, you need, like, your your window needs, needs to be open with your young cross-controlled players and your superstars. Yeah, you, you, need, you need to win when kids are on their entry-level deals. That, that's it. Yep, otherwise it's, like, impossible. Look at the Blackhawks. Like, they paid everyone. They can't do anything now. That's it. It's <laughs> over. And if you make mm-hmm. if you make a couple bad contracts, how the hell are you going to compete? I really don't that's, know. That's the, thing, that's the thing Tampa has going for them. While there are a couple guys that are overpaid, there isn't a flat-out bad contract on that team. Their overpaid guys are tradable. They are. All of them. I'm sure, they'll be, I'm sure they'll be able to move somebody. And Ottawa and Detroit are probably going to want some of those players, right? Like, they can't get anybody else. So maybe they'll well, help yeah, them Well, yeah, it's like, it, it's like are, do Tyler Johnson, Alex Kalorn, and Andre Palat make more than they should? Yes. But are there teams in the NHL that would pay those contracts right now to get those players? Yes. So the, the Lightning, if the Lightning want to create cap room, they're probably going to be able to. It's just really frustrating that, that there, there isn't a smart NHL team that will take advantage of that. So, we'll see. It is frustrating. Anyway, the thing I was going to say was earlier, uh-huh. I saw I saw a Reddit, Reddit. post. Yep, and about Steve Cohen. It was yeah, it was about Steve Cohen, and he bought a baseball that was signed by Mika Zibanejad. How weird is uh-huh. that? That's that's actually the real story. Is I found somebody on Rangers Twitter, uh, uh, Rangers Reddit rather, posted that they got a baseball signed by Mika Zibanejad, and I was like, would I yes. want a baseball signed by Mika Zibanejad? I don't think so. Like, what if I I'm... go on? I well, I was just gonna. I'm not a big autograph guy. Mm-hmm. I, I've I've never truly understood the appeal of claiming ownership over someone's signature. Uh, I understand that. I think signatures and autographs are something of a bygone era. But like, it's all they're almost too available now. Right. You know what I mean? It, it's it, like it was rare when you went to a ball game and before like this was all monetized and like there was a, there's yeah, companies that before, literally sell signatures, you know what I mean? When when the internet didn't exist and the only way you could get an autograph was either by going to a deep collectible store that also no longer exists or by physically going to the game yourself and getting it yourself. I think it had more meaning and value and sentimentality back then. Like people who have Mickey Mantle signatures, that's like their prized possession, right? Yeah. Are well, my father's era, uh getting a signature. Oh, wow. <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> yeah, good your, point. Your dad your dad's a fuck. Question, so he question doesn't mark, do anything. Mark. Yes. But yes. uh I like my dad had a big cabinet full of signatures from guys that played when my dad was, you know, in his, in his teens and early twenties. Yeah. And he perishes those possessions for us. It's like, I could get, I you mean, can go on eBay and get anything for like $30. anything, anything I want at any yeah. time. Like this, 
It's just how much do you want to pay for it? So it's and this isn't like, me against collecting, by the way. I, I totally no, respect card to, collectors to your point, and everything like that. To your point. To your point, why the fuck would you have a baseball side by this is my, like what the hell? Like now I want to so, now I want some items that are not hockey pucks signed by Rangers, just so I can have a. The only collection. thing, the only thing I will ever spend money on signed by Mika Zibanejad is him signing one of his singles. That's that, it. That's it. That's the or, only thing I would. Or the sp- tweet that says "Work on your game." I would take that. It, it, yes, if I got that <laughs> framed and Mika signed it, uh, yes, one hundred percent. Those it. are the two items. Yeah, I don't know. That's odd. Did the guy, like, mail Mika a baseball? I don't know. And I, I just saw the picture, and I was baffled. I was like, I want to mail Lafreniere a football and get get it back. <laughs> See what happens. It's like, <laughs> what, when did Mika sign this baseball, too? Are, like, is there a Swedish baseball league we don't know about where baseball is more popular I, in Sweden than I, just, I think it is? I refuse to click the comments because I just wanted to live in mystery because I just had so many questions. Because I, I just didn't – it was very strange. Um. Not too much rumors going on in New York Ranger land this, these days. Craft's uh, uh-huh. playing okay. Leah's doing some things. Like, nothing really going on. Waiting for the draft here. Mm-hmm. Saw, like, one Tony rumor. Draft's coming up. We're yeah. going to have to talk with uh, good friend Drew Way about getting him back in the podcast. We will have to. I'm sure he'll listen to this and contact us exclusively on our Slack. Mm-hmm. Um, mm-hmm. Yep. So, see you tomorrow morning, Drew. So, uh that's, that's that's like in two weeks. That's crazy. So I'm taking vacation next week. Very awesome. Getting ready for the draft. But other than that, like not really too much going on in Ranger World. We have Corey Proman coming up to talk about his rankings, organizational rankings. He has a lot of nice things about a lot of great players in the New York Rangers. So that's great. Mm-hmm. Um, mm-hmm. I don't think I have anything else. So I have one Tony D'Angelo rumor mill today to the possible uh, Larry, Larry Brooks article. Oh, was that a Brooks article? I didn't even see that. Wow. It was a Brooks article. He was the one talking about how the Rangers are dangling D'Angelo. Wow. Yeah, it's, real. it's real now. Crazy. It's I, real now. I wonder how that's going to work out. I guess we'll cover that next week. So let's tune, stay tuned for that. But we've got a great interview coming up. So let's do some five-star questions and then get to that. I think that's a good idea, right? Well, it sounds like we just found our uh, – you know what? Let's just let no, we can, let, let's just let's, let's just do the two minutes on D'Angelo right now because it's nothing new that we haven't said. No. It's just, it, it's, makes the, it makes the most sense in the world for the Rangers to trade D'Angelo from is the standpoint of his trade value will never be higher than it is currently. Never. So that is when you should trade a player that is expendable, which – he is because he is the third most important right-handed defenseman the New York Rangers have, and the New York Rangers already are in possession of his natural replacement in Niels Lundqvist, who is both younger and cheaper. So again, this isn't Tony D'Angelo, bad human being, awful politics. All that stuff is also true. Taking that out of the equation from a trade value standpoint that we've said time and time and time again, the perfect person to trade if you are the Rangers of New York, is Tony D'Angelo because you trade guys at the peak of their value, which he is at the peak of their affordability because D'Angelo will be able to negotiate his new contract with his new team. So if a team wants him for multiple years, they get to decide the price. It all makes sense, which is why the Rangers should do it, which is why I've been saying it forever. That's that. I don't think we have to add anything more. We'll talk about it if it happens. Yep. But of course we will. I don't, by the way, he'll get traded when I'm hiking in the middle of Shenandoah. He absolutely will. Um, unbelievable. Possible. Yes. Uh, 55th. Everything in life, Ryan, is 55th. I had a dumb <laughs> friend in college who once said that, so. He was probably right, or she. Um. Oh, it, it was a he and he's a fuck. The, ex- the example he used was he, <laughs> I don't know how it came up, Ryan. Okay. I don't think anyone pressured him on it. I think he looked up in the sky and yep. he saw a plane flying overhead and he said, it's a 50-50 chance there's a terrorist on that plane. What? And I proceeded to say, what? <laughs> and he said, think about it. 
there either is or there isn't. So Whoa. therefore, it's 50-50. And I said, therefore, you're a fucking idiot. And yeah. I don't have anything else to add to this conversation. I'm leaving. I think that was uh, the appropriate response, Gregory. Let's get to yeah. five, five star of all, of all his examples, literally, points up at the sky. <laughs> and he says, you see that? And I'm like, yes, don't say anything else. You should just point out that that's a plane, and I think you're all right. Yep. You figured it out. All right. Five-star questions. Crazy. Got a couple Crazy. this week, and we'll get to uh, Corey Prom and a wonderful interview with him. Uh, this is from Kako Praiseby, our friend Chris in Florida. Uh, fantastic mm. podcast. He has a couple questions here. You, oh, yeah. By the way, if you want to leave one of these, you can go to iTunes, leave a five-star review. We read them on the podcast. That's it. Chris from Florida says, with Leah Anderson on a tear to start the uh, season's, uh, season overseas, do you see the Rangers being able to attach him to a trade? Or is Leah possibly coming back to the Rangers next season? Though I don't know if there's room on the team at this point, question mark. Uh, this is just one comment, he says. Um, no. I think, I think the, they're going to try and ship him out, but they probably don't fight, have suitors. I think, yeah, that's, I, I think that's where I end. His, his, it, unless Leah Anderson scores 200 points in the Swedish league, I don't think any team is going to trade anything that'll make it worth the Rangers' try, time to trade him. Corey talks about Leah's pretty extended in the interview coming up, so I think that'll answer some of your questions. Uh, he asked some questions about AV here, although I didn't watch the game with my overall hatred for both teams because of that. Uh, everything I've seen for the analysis for the Rangers Flyers game seven is that flaming Elaine Vigneault and his inability slash unwillingness to change ineffective defensive pairs. Um, this brings to mind the Ottawa series in that we should have won a couple of years ago. I couldn't be happier that Vigneault is in our division along with Ruff from the Devils. What are your thoughts on Vigneault in the, uh, being in the, this Metro going forward? I'd love it. Yeah. Cause he's never going to learn. Yes. He, he, he's the refu- same. He's, he's been flaming his players to today, by the way. Just it's uh, yeah. unbelievable. Like he's the worst. He, ref- he refuses to learn. Yeah. The dude, the dude honestly walks through life as if there's nothing he could do that's wrong. He's never been wrong once in his life. It must be everybody else. It can't be him. He was too busy so, studying hockey, man. He's watching tape. Yeah. The 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 Flyers are going to be over an 82 game season. Elaine Vigneault is a perfectly acceptable coach because it, it the ebbs and flow of the season. Elaine Vigneault doesn't really have valleys. He doesn't really have peaks. So he whatever the ship is supposed to be, Elaine Vigneault will point it in the right direction, right? Mm-hmm. It's when you get into these playoff series where you have to adjust on the fly. Elaine Vigneault has never proven that he can do that. Never. Not once. Not in Vancouver. Not with the Rangers. Not with uh, now with the Flyers. So if I had the Flyers in a playoff series, I'd feel pretty good. I'd, I'd feel all right, even if they had a talent advantage. Because they, all they, you have they to probably do is, will. They're a very talented team. Yeah. But all you have to do is throw an unexpected uppercut. It's going to knock Elaine Vigneault off his feet, and Elaine Vigneault's not going to change his strategy. Yeah, he's going to sit and study the same I would love to play shit. Elaine Vigneault in playoff series. Same. Would love to. Hopefully we will. Uh, the last question from Chris is, since the Rangers hired Marty Jocks, or Jacques Montaigne, whichever, I have been thinking, this seems to be a step in the right direction for the defense, but do you think the Rangers are thinking that if Quinn falters and the team doesn't need to take a step, doesn't take a step forward the next season or two, that the Rangers have Martin, Martin to step in over Quinn if needed? Praise be. Love all the trade G's on the PSBOT, Chris from Florida. I don't think so. I think they're going to give Quinn two more years here. I think they're going to give him this year coming up in uh, in December, possibly. And then I think they're going to give him the year after to, to do what he can with the team. If he doesn't provide at that point, I think they'll make a, a different coach change. And I don't think it'll be Jacques Martin. Marty Jacques. Uh, yeah, I don't think. Ruff was kind of here as the security blanket for Quinn for two years. That's at least how it was explained to us that both Quinn and management wanted someone with an experienced voice to be standing next to a rookie coach just to make sure he understood what it meant to be in the NHL. Um, I don't, I think Jacques Martin was brought in specifically to make this team better. I don't think 
Martin was brought in as a fail safe for David Quinn because yeah, if I agree. the only way David Quinn gets fired is if the New York Rangers are really bad. And if the New York Rangers are really bad, then Jacques Martin is responsible, partially responsible for the Rangers being really bad. So it's, there wouldn't be a reason to promote him because again, it's not like, it's not like if Quinn finishes ninth or the Rangers finish ninth, that wouldn't be viewed as terrible enough to get rid of Quinn. The Rangers would have to finish as one of the three worst teams in the East next year. And if they finish as one of the three worst teams in the East next year, that's partially because their defense was once again horrific. And if the defense is once again horrific, that's Jacques Martin, and he's got to go too. Yep. Uh, next question is from, I uh, just blanked out, Nick Sweet 13. Here we go. Hey, guys, I've seen a lot of rumblings on Max Domi, and I was wondering if he's a realistic trade target for the Rangers. I know he's had a down year this past year. And other than his points, how does he look on ice, on ice play? I'm not nearly smart enough to understand some of the charts and his offensive defensive metrics. How good of a center is he? And he's someone you'd be more comfortable with than Strom. I don't like Max, Strom, Max Domi. I'm not sure what it is. I've been following him a little like bit. Like on a personal level? Yeah. Like we, we used to chat. He de-ghosted me. Not a big fan. But I don't know. I, he's, he's a big mean jerk. He is a big mean jerk. But I, I, I've i never been – when I was watching him in Arizona for a little bit, I, I've never really been a big fan of his game. I know he's only 25 years old, which seems like crazy. I think he's – in my head, he's much older. But it, it's not a target I'm really interested in in getting. I think they, I think the idea was swap Strom with the Canadians for Max Domi and then a pick swap also. I, th- I think I saw that floated out by Hockey Stat Miner at this point in time, which was some sort of the idea to get that done. More c- cross-control center. I- I'm not sure that, that that's what the Rangers will do, and I think he's a popular trade target for a lot of different teams here. Yeah. Um, the problem with Max Domi, which is the problem with a lot of the Rangers skaters, is he's not exactly good defensively. In fact, you could probably say he's bad defensively. Right. So while he it at some point – at some point, you need to add a defensively responsible forward into mm-hmm. your top six. Uh, it's, it's, I'm much more interested in Philip Deneau than I am I in am Max too. Domi. Uh, even though Deneau is a year older, I also think Deneau, he's got one more year on his contract. He Even on an extension thereafter, it would be cheaper, I think, than what Max Domi is about to get. Uh, if you I, so for me personally, if you're making a trade with the Montreal Canadiens, I think Deneau needs to be your number one target. I I would let other fishermen try to hook Max Domi. Same. Very comfortable with that. This is a fun question from Michelle N. Hey guys, hope you're doing well. I think we are. Who are the role players? Uh, who are who are the Ranger role players that your personal favorites of yours over the years? Maybe underrated is by the fan base. One of mine is definitely Michael Grabner. If fans could manage their expectations and be more realistic, we'd have a lot more love for role players like this. I do think a lot of these players get a lot of love. Like for me, it's I I love Dom Moore. Like I, but I do think Dom Moore gets the appropriate amount of love. Like he's pretty loved yeah. by the fan base. Right now, there's not a yeah, lot of role I, players uh, that are loved on the Rangers, but. I, I, I famously have always been a big Benoit Pouliot guy. Mm-hmm. I don't know if this podcast exists without my love of Benoit Pouliot. Um, yeah, role players are easy to root for because if they don't do anything, it's like, well, he's a role player. He's not supposed to. So when they do something, you're like, that's my guy. Like, I love uh, Brian Boyle, dude. Like, that guy's awesome. Big fan of his. But Right now, the, the, Rangers, the Rangers problem right now is – Outside of Jesper Foss, they don't have a role player because everyone is either an experienced veteran or a child, and there's no in between. Like our role player is Greg McKegg, and while we <laughs> love Greg McKegg's name, yeah. I don't think any of us are overly thrilled with what happens when he plays hockey. Uh, 
on a, on a more conventional team, it's it's always fun to root for the role players. But yeah, right now the range the Rangers are the odd team where you're either a star or you're a star. You're either a star, a star child, or a straight up child. There's zero in between anywhere. So it's it it, it it's it's an odd situation where I can't name a single Rangers role player because one does not exist <laughs> right now. There really isn't. Um, next question from uh, Swagglin. Do you think Barzell or Sorelli or Sergeyev offer sheets are more likely to happen? Uh, are there any other RFAs that could be targeted? Keep up the good work. I guess what the question actually is, is Barzell or Sorelli slash Sergeyev. So which one is it? What's more likely, Barzell or the Sorelli slash Sergeyev? I think that's the actual question. The Sorelli slash Sergeyev is more likely because it won't cost as much money, which means it won't cost as many picks. Correct. Uh, but all three should be extremely likely because the whole reason why they should be offer sheets because the teams they're currently playing on cannot afford them without major overhauls of their current roster. And again, as we've said at nauseum, mm-hmm. the goal of a front office should not just be to make your own team better, your opponent's which worse. adding any of those three players makes your own team better. It simultaneously, no matter what happens, makes your opponent worse. If the player is matched by that team, it makes the team worse because now the team has to find a way to fit that player in. And if the player is not matched by that team, it makes that team worse because they don't have that player. You, It's a win-win by offer sheeting an offer sheet. It's a win-win, but no one in the NHL understands that. Just two guys talking on a Rangers podcast seem dummies. to understand this. Straight dummies. But we're not that – Ryan, that's the thing. I you and I are not that smart. I know. So for, for us to understand this – and nobody else who gets paid it's, it's millions upon millions of dollars, it's concerning. It's, a little, it's little very concerned. concerning. Uh, two, three more quick questions. Uh, this is from Amhoff and Eleven. Love the podcast. Thanks for getting me through the first couple weeks of fatherhood. Congratulations. Stay around. That, that would hey, be my nice tip. job on the sex. That buddy. would be my Way tip. To go. You know, stay for the Way child. To go. Be a good dad. Uh, is there a player? Ex- I am a- excluding Hank for obvious reasons. You would like to see the Raiders retire their number. It uh, seems like they have retired all the numbers they can from the 94 team. Are there any post-94 players that are worth having a number retired besides Hank, Nick, and Westchester? My gut answer is no. Yeah, as much as I love Yager, he was more okay. of a like a blazing comet than he is someone yeah. that should have an important role in Rangers history where his numbers should be retired. Like, I think if like they if the win Rangers... the Cup, like, you can make some cases, but they don't. Well, like... Yager to me is a lot like trying to think of a proper example here. Yager to me is like what the Mets should do for Dwight Gooden. Like 16 shouldn't be worn by another New York Met, but maybe it shouldn't be retired. Like there, there are teams that take numbers out of rotation. Right. And I think like, I don't know if another Ranger should wear 68, but I don't think 68 should go up in the rafters. I think the obvi- I think the answer here is if we win the cup in 14 or 15 and McDonough signs the extension, he'd be the answer. That's all well, I Well, yeah, say. he was That's all I can say. Yeah, I but I don't make there's no reason to retire McDonough's number now. No, never. And never. yeah, outside of I mean it Look, it's going to be super interesting what the it, – it is very clear, it is super clear that New York Ranger management and the New York Ranger locker room views Mark Stahl and Dan Girardi a lot differently than we do. 
I think we appreciate both for what they did in their prime, mm-hmm. but obviously both of them stayed a little longer than they should. Uh, and I think their last two, well, Mark Stahl currently, but Dan Girardi's last two years as a New York Ranger right. has kind of painted our view as to what Dan Girardi was for a long time with the New York Rangers. They will be interesting from a number retirement standpoint because I think they are important to the organization, even though it's hard for us to see that right now. But uh, my instant gut reaction is I personally don't think either of those numbers I don't think will so get all. retired. I don't think but so. I think those are the guys you're talking about. Uh, two more quick questions. This one's a, a soccer question for you, Greg, from NY69 oh, wow. nice, from Norway. Your take on the mm-hmm. Messi situation. Uh, it's a tough one, and I feel ba- I, it's hard to feel bad for Lionel Messi because that man has made more money than I will ever see in 17 lifetimes. But uh, it it's does seem like it does seem like Messi got fucked by politics. And on one hand, Messi signed the contract. He needs to understand his contract. And I, it's always bothered me that soccer players, more than any other sport, can basically say that their six-year contract is actually a four-year deal and you need to get rid of me right now. Um, yeah, it's it's tough. I, I I feel for both Barcelona and Messi. If Messi, Messi's the kind of player that if he wants to go, he should be able to go. At the same time, Barcelona under Barcelona signed that contract for a reason and they would be absolutely screwed from a marketing and competitive standpoint if Messi left. So they have to do everything to make sure Messi doesn't leave. Right. Uh, it's a, it's a, that is a no-win situation for everybody involved. So Final it's, question. it just sucks. Final question from FBI, FBI 2.0. Hey, guys, hope all is well. Two quick questions. Will the new start date of the 2020-2021 season have an impact on the Rangers? If so, how? I don't think so. I think the team is pretty rested. Like, they only played three games, got their ass kicked, and went home. And before that, they were off for four months. So I, I think uh, the team is going to be pretty fresh for the most part. Yeah. I, I, th- I don't think the New York Rangers, however constructed, it will have an impact on. I think the only person the start date will have an impact on is Vitaly Kravtsov because you're going to get to a point where if the season starts January 1st, what would be the point of bringing Kravtsov back when the Russian season is going to end in March anyway? Yeah. So why not just leave him over there for two more months and then bring him back when you're at basically the midway point of the season? Yeah, so like, play. yeah, so I don't think, but again, if Kravtsov stays in Russia the entire season, I don't think that changes the Rangers' top nine one way or the other. Mm-hmm. Um, but I do think the later the season starts, the easier it'll get for the New York Rangers to tell Vitaly to stay in Russia. Agree. Uh, and the last question he asked also, or she, sorry, FBI 2.0 rather, uh, Bushard, since Bushard's breakaway social media presence was influential enough to get Strom and D'Angelo to come on the podcast, who can we, quote-unquote, persuade to come on next? Thanks for everything you guys do. At the end of the day, you guys are 110% the best New York Rangers podcast. Wow. Yeah, I hate myself. That's Okay. <laughs> uh, I, I, here's the thing. I would like Davidson. That's what I would like. I know it would be a bland interview, and he would give us bland, charming answers, and I would sit there doe-eyed, but that's who I, yeah. like, who I would enjoy the most, I think. I would actually... See, Davidson would be charming. I think Quinn would be hilarious. Yeah, Quinn would be a lot. I I think that guy, like, Davidson would be like us talking to, like, a grandfatherly I'm, figure. This is going to use the same analogy, yes. 
Yeah, Dave, David Quinn would be like talking to a guy you work with who's got about 15 to 20 years on you, but he still wants to show that he's a good fucking hand. Yeah, I agree. I, I think Quinn and Davidson would be the number one and number two. Uh, other people, uh, another player I can think of now is uh, retired Nick Holden in a couple years. I think that would be one I really want to talk to. Especially after especially after his Super Mario performance over I, the weekend. Absolutely. Uh, um, I, I would – I mean, Truba seems like – He'd be a really fun conversation. Mika feels like he'd be a really fun I conversation. I just want to pick Chris Kreider's brain. Like, how do you think, man? I, I think here's <laughs> a hot take. I think Kreider's a terribly boring interview. I think he's he's going to talk about like Kant, and he's going to get deep in philosophy with us. And you and I are going to be like, sure, man. So like, have you ever farted in front of a goalie's face do on you, a power play? Do you ever think about getting pucks deep? <laughs> yeah, like, like Chris Kreider. Chris Kreider is meant to be on like. Hot ones, yeah. Where that dude can get into some weird shit when he's eating chicken wings. Mm-hmm. I think he's too he's too sophisticated for us. I agree. We we need someone like Truba is definitely much smarter than we'll ever be. But Truba will have fun with us and be dumb at our level. Kako went on a and podcast think, this week, by the way. I was offended. Well, you should. How, how's your uh, how's your how's your finish coming? It's uh, I <laughs> the Duolingo has been poor. They... Yeah, like that's my thing. I would love to get Buchnevich and Panarin on a podcast. That like, if we were ever to get two oh, players on a pod at the exact Panarin same time, would be it's Panarin time. and Buchnevich at the exact same time. But we don't know Russian, yes, so we're screwed. Yeah, like I'm sure we can get Jillian on, but Gillian. But still, it would be Jillian. It would be Jillian. Jillian, Jillian. Re- like, I'm sure Jillian would just go word for word what they said, no doubt. Right. But it wouldn't be coming from direct, like. Buchnevich would have a wild story about magnets that Jillian would then have to translate for us. It's right. not the same. And I feel like Artemi would just say, real, like, he, I want to hang out with that dude. Like, legit. He seems like a real, like, cool hang. Just like a clown. I love it. All right. Uh, let's get to some um, wonderful advertisements that support this podcast and uh, work from our sponsors. And do you know who our sponsor are? Today I'm reading one of the ads, as, as I always do. But do you know who's reading the other two, Gregory? Uh, our producer? No, Craig Custance, our rival. Oh. That's right. Oh. Who invited him back <laughs> on the show? He's getting airtime on our show. It's unbelievable. Do we get airtime on his? I don't know. I no, asked. because we we don't we don't we don't punch down, right? We only punch up. That's it. I asked if I could read his ads. They didn't say anything. It was ridiculous. No, I, I get it. I get it. Craig needs our rub. We don't need Craig's oh, rub. Come on, that Craig. makes perfect sense. I've get, seen the standing. We gotta get Craig on the podcast seen... sometime soon. <laughs> it's, it's a long time coming. All right. Well, long time coming. We've, you make it sound like he's never been on. We had him on once upon a time. It's it's been too long. Now we have a rivalry. Uh, all right. Um, we'll be uh, we'll be back in a couple of minutes here, and uh, let's go. And then we'll have Corey Provin on to talk all things New York Rangers. Here we go. Transition. And this episode of Booster Trick was brought to you by DraftKings Sportsbook. It was sure nice seeing the teams back out there on the gridiron over the weekend, and luckily for us, that was only just week one. There's no better place to get in all the action than DraftKings Sportsbook, America's top-rated sportsbook app. And to add to the excitement of Week 2, DraftKings Sportsbook is bringing back their can't-miss offer. If you haven't tried DraftKings Sportsbook yet, head over to the App Store now because you don't want to miss this. DraftKings Sportsbook is giving all new users a chance to turn $1 to $100 when they bet on any team. That's right, you could place $1 bet on any team, and if that team wins, you get a cool Benjamin. How could you pass it up? If you're new to DraftKings Sportsbook, head to the app now to scout their latest offers. Bet with DraftKings Sportsbook, a sportsbook that goes wherever you are. DraftKings is safe, reliable, and secure, making it easy for you to deposit and withdraw your money at your convenience. Download the top-rated DraftKings Sportsbook app now and use promo code QUICK when you sign up. 
to get this can't miss offer. Pick any team during week two, bet $1 on them and win $100 if they win. That's $1 to win $100 when you get use promo code QUICK during sign-up for a limited time only at DraftKings Sportsbook. You must be 21 year older, 21 years or older, New Jersey only. Eligibility restrictions apply. See DraftKings.com slash sportsbook for details. Gambling problem, call 1-800-GAMBLER. And Hey, this is Craig Custance with The Athletic. My family has, I would say, a healthy obsession with water and water bottles. And we all have our own personal, like, giant thing of water that we carry around. My daughter has a, you know, one of those daily planners, and it has check marks for how much water they're drinking. Because we know when you don't get enough water and you're dehydrated, you feel lethargic, you don't feel good. It makes a big difference in your day. And with Liquid IV, you have the fastest, most efficient way to stay hydrated. We're big fans of Liquid IV in our family. When you drink Liquid IV, you have more energetic workouts, you sleep better, but it's better for your immunity, which is super important right now. You just have more energy. So Liquid IV is available nationwide at Costco and Target, or you can get 25% off when you go to liquidiv.com and use the code ATHLETIC at checkout. That's 25% off anything you order when you use promo code ATHLETIC at liquidiv.com. Get better hydration today at liquidiv.com, promo code ATHLETIC. Hey, this is Craig Custis with The Athletic. Maybe you were blessed with a body that you can just pull clothes off the rack and they fit perfectly. But if you're anything like me, every shirt I buy, the arms are too long. Every pair of pants I buy, the legs are too long. I don't have the time or the money really to go and get everything I buy tailored perfectly. So I end up looking like a frumpy sports writer half the time, which isn't great. And I wish it wasn't the case. But the times when I do take the time to buy the things that fit right, you just feel better, right? You're you're confident. You walk into a room. You don't feel like you're wearing your dad's clothes because the the sleeves are, are down over your hands. And that's what makes Indochino so great. Indochino suits are great for wedding and for work. And they offer a lot of casual options like shirts, coats, and chinos. And right now, honestly, like that's what I find myself most attracted to. Like I, I recently made a purchase there. Even if like 80% of the press conferences or whatever I'm doing in Zoom, you still want to look good. You still want to be professional. You still want things to fit and feel good about yourself. And the way it works is I booked a, some time with a virtual style consultation and took it step by step and i was even able to personalize it uh the dress shirt threw my initials on there from the stitching to the collar to what kind of material you want on the inside flap there's so many ways to personalize it so with indochino you get custom fitted suits coats and casual wear at surprisingly affordable prices and if you are getting married indochino is an absolute no-brainer for you and your groomsmen Forget the -the off-the-rack suits that don't fit different body types. Indochino gives everybody a tailored fit. You order with ease, you get it shipped fast, no matter where you live. And with all the ways to customize, you can add a personal touch everyone will be proud to wear without emptying their pockets. The best part, Indochino suits start at just $299 with all customizations included. Visit one of Indochino's showrooms across North America or book a virtual appointment and shop online at Indochino.com. Dot com. And right now you'll get $30 off any purchase of $3.99 or more when you enter the code CRAIG, C-R-A-I-G, at checkout. That's Indochino.com, promo code CRAIG, to get $30 off any purchase of $3.99 or more. Hey, we're back with uh, Corey Promen. He is the NHL prospect writer and also our lovely co-worker, Corey. You wrote a series this week about 
uh, or rather over the past couple weeks, about organizational rankings for the NHL. Thank you for joining us. How are you doing on this fine, lovely Monday night? I'm doing well. Thank you for having me. Of course. Uh, I've never seen an article, Gregory and I and I were speaking about this before. I've never seen an article where someone called the team, we cover the New York Rangers in this podcast, among other things. And I saw New York Ranger fans just rip this article apart, despite them being called the number one team overall in organizational uh, uh, rankings, which is unbelievable. What were you, what was your feedback from Ranger fans that you, you got from posting this? Um, I would probably say I didn't see all the feedback. Uh, <laughs> it's, yeah, no, I mean, it just, you know, there, there, there's, there's a lot of stuff that goes on, on the internet. Uh, you know, I, I checked the comment section of ours, um, you know, moderately and, and the feedback seemed fine. Whatever. There's some debate over various players. Um, that, that's a part of it. Uh, I, again, I, if there's, if there's an issue with a certain player that I've heard a couple in particular, whatever, Keandre Howden, uh, there's some other like lower end prospects that people felt should have been on there. Uh, you know, all that kind of stuff is reasonable. You know, where, where's Kako stand a year later, you know, stuff that's subject to reasonable debate. Um, uh, but I, if there's an issue, um, feel free to let me know. I just, I just, I just, again, uh, want to reiterate to everyone listening that Corey ranked the Rangers number one in the NHL. So back off entirely. Uh, <laughs> well, let's no, no, I mean, I mean, people can criticize whatever they want. I think, uh, you know, it, it, like I said, it's, it's it, it, it comes with the territory and I'm sure right. it wasn't, the, I'm sure it wasn't Twitter, the ranking Twitter in 2020. Uh, we, right. we, I'm, I'm, at this I'm, point, I'm, we all know what we're getting into. I'm sure it's not just the ranking and it's, you know, I'm sure if anyone had an issue, it was an issue with a particular evaluation and, and, and that comes with the territory. Um, that's well, not to cut you off right now. I apologize. Uh, but Corey, the, I do want to get right into one thing. Um, obviously you're new to the show. I would never expect you to ever listen to this before. Ryan and I are not allowed to talk about Brett Howden anymore. We were retired from it. We retired. We can only simply, yeah. We can only simply, well, we can so, only simply say that he is a man rocket and he can get, can get it. That's all that's we want to give you only our analysis. We the floor, and we He's want a, you to talk about Brett Howden from an outsider perspective. Yeah. Um, see, that was a hornet's nest I didn't know existed. Um, you know, whatever. You know, my, my job is to evaluate hundreds, if not thousands, of players. So even the ones in the NHL, I don't know the perception of them. You know, after the article went up, uh, I, I did some quick, you know, internet research to see uh, the, a lot of ink that's been spilled about that player in, in the last two years, which I thought was interesting. Uh, he, he doesn't strike me as the kind of guy who would be a divisive player, but apparently he is. I, I, I guess I saw that his, you know, his possession numbers were in the tank. And uh, and I, I kind of, yeah, you know, I've watched Brett, you know, since he was 17 years old maybe even younger. And, you know, I kind of get that he's, you know, he's a boring offensive player. He's not, you know, it's average foot speed. It's good. It's not amazing skill. Uh, you know, if he's, if he's not winning battles and, and making plays with his intelligence, uh, you know, there, you know, he's probably not going to be creating that much offense. Um, you know, I, like I said, I've watched this guy for a while. And I still think just because of the hockey sense and, the size and the competitiveness. I, I think there's there's a there's a toolkit there that's going to translate into a good top nine, if not a top six four in the NHL. Top six, you know, whether he's a see a center, second line center, maybe maybe not. Maybe moves on to the wing for that role. Um, 
But I, I just think, you know, I, I have watched this guy be a good player for a very long time. And even though the numbers weren't like the box car numbers weren't amazing last year, you probably can argue he got a few too many minutes. I don't think, you know, if you lowered the role, I don't think it's going to be lowered that, that much. I still see a guy who's going to, you know, be a 30, 40 kind of point guy, you know, over an 82 game span, or maybe, maybe a little more, maybe a little less with a significant defensive responsibility. I know he was a big time penalty killer for that team. And, you know, like I say, I think he turned 22 over the course of the year. So, you know, he's still rather young. And I think there's, you know, I think his best days are still ahead of him. Yeah. Howden has a lot of, uh, like you said, the bees nest around him where I think people forget that you could still develop after 22. Uh, there's a lot of jokes we make on here, like careers are over after 23. You know what I mean? Yeah. No, I mean, I. I found it interesting when I saw people like messaging me, like, how can you have him over Kravtsov? And it's like, yeah, you know, I, I, I know Vitaly very well. And I know that guy has elite skill, but at the same age when Howden was a middle six, four in the NHL, uh, Kravtsov was a middle six, four in the American league. I, I think, you know, being in the NHL at 20 and 21 and playing a somewhat significant role is a, is a really big accomplishment. Um, and it's usually indicative of being a quality NHL player, hey, not for 10 years, but for, for a portion of your career at the very least. Yeah, I would – again, I will preface this by saying my official statement on anything Brett Howden is he's a man <laughs> rocket. He can get right, it. Right. I didn't get that out of the way. I will simply say that I think the argument from Ranger fans who push back on positive Howden spin is that Howden has been playing above his head – for the better part of the last two years. And I think it's gotten to a point now where it's not even about Brett Howden. It's about how Howden is an example of maybe other players not getting an opportunity because for some reason, David Quinn continues to play Brett Howden. I will. I just think that's yeah. where part of the conversation has gone with him. So it's not yeah, even about and, him anymore. And, and I've known, like I said, I've known Brett for a while. He is tends to be a player that endears himself to coaches. I remember going out to watch him in the dub and, uh, you know, the people around that, their, his teams would always say really good things about the player, about the character, um, his com- about his competitiveness, about how intelligent a two-way player he is. Um, you know, I think he was a captain there in Moose Jaw for a few years. Um, yeah, I mean, you know, as far as I can tell, he's always been a guy who's, you know, whether he's playing for Hockey Canada or whether he's been playing in the dub or now in the NHL, who's always uh, found a way to get his coach to play him a lot. Well, we've talked about Brett Howden, so we got that out of the way. Let's talk about the rest of the players we have from the, from the top. Uh, Kapokako, obviously, uh, uh, number two overall draft pick from the New York Rangers in the last year, had what would be considered a rough year in the NHL, but yet you still have a number one overall here for the Rangers list, which I believe is correct. Um, what, what do you see for Kako going forward? I, I do think he took a step forward in the playoffs, but I know you, you've probably spent a lot more time scouting him outside of the NHL. Yeah, and but I do did watch him in the NHL because I mean that's at the end of the day that's that's what the important games are, um, and he, he was uh, a lot better there in the uh, playing round. Oh, sorry, playing. Yes. But, so no, yeah, yeah, sorry, but uh, um, you know whatever it was three games. You know it, it was good to see, but I don't think it canceled out. You know what was largely a somewhat disappointing season. But even though it was somewhat disappointing season. Uh, you know, it's not great to see. And if somebody wanted to argue with me, like, hey, Corey, you know, Kako is a little bit too high. Maybe you should knock him down like a tier or a half tier. Like, I could see the argument there. 
you know, I wouldn't have called him a, you know, I would say the dynamic skill elements of his game were inconsistent. The skating, uh, which has always been an issue, was definitely more exposed, as I think any reasonable person who watched him when he was younger thought it would probably be a challenge going into the NHL. Uh, I thought, you know, when you watch him in Liga, um, you know, I, I, you know, he could just bully his way doing whatever he wanted with his skill or his power. And I thought especially the power parts were maybe like more inconsistent there in the NHL. But I, like I said, I've been watching this guy for, for many years and it's not just like good skill. It's elite offensive skill he has. Um, and, and I don't think that just goes away. You know, he's just tremendous hands and hockey sense. A guy who I think is very competitive and he's got size. And I, I think, it's, it's even if it's going to take a little bit of time, I still think a guy is this, this is going to be a star caliber winger. This is going to be a guy who's going to make a lot of really good things happen consistently. It didn't last season. And, you know, if we're still sitting here, hopefully we're not still sitting here next, this time next year having this conversation because hopefully there's an NHL training camp going around this time next yes. season. But, <laughs> um, but if we're sitting here, you know, in a year from now, um, you know, and he whatever he coming off like a 35 35 point season and yeah that's gonna start to get a little concerning there um but you know i'm i've seen him do too many tremendous things for way too long to not think he's still not going to be a really really important part of that team and a top winger in the national hockey league from a Corey, from a developmental standpoint do you think it was beneficial that kako even with his struggles, and they are well-documented and they do not need to be sugar-coated, do you think it was beneficial he had the entire year in the NHL instead of maybe two months in the Rangers saying, all right, this might be too much, go have fun in Hartford for a couple months and we'll revisit it at, towards the end of the season? Yeah, like, I think that's more reasonable as opposed to like saying like he shouldn't have been in the NHL all year, for example. Like, I mean, because he, he broke camp with them because he showed he was one of their better players forward options there and and frankly if you looked down to Hartford I didn't really see a lot of options there to replace him um so yeah maybe you could have made that maybe you know kind of like how they get kind of gave Hedl there that little jump start there when they sent him down to Hartford um it's not a reasonable thing to say um you know Montreal did that with Cock and Niemi and he came back really strong in the postseason so yeah a couple of months it's perfectly reasonable but I still think you know he's still looked like an NHL player. He, he, I know like some of his, his possession numbers look pretty bad. And like I said, if you want to kind of say, maybe they could take the pedal off of here and there. Sure. But I still see a guy who was able to score and create in the NHL, just going to need to, it's definitely the foot speed. There is the, the thing that's going to need to get better. Let's move on to Adam Fox. Were you surprised that Adam Fox ranked this highly for you um, on this list? Was he this high for you before? At number two? No, I wasn't. I wasn't surprised because I knew where he was going to rank. Right. Okay, um, that makes sense. But, um, and I think about a year ago this time, he was roughly in this area. I don't know the exact tier. I forgot where I, I put him, to be quite honest. But I would imagine it was it was pretty close to that after the amazing year he had at Harvard. Um, you know, I think. Fox the last couple of years for me has been a lot of the same. And it's a lot of what this doesn't always happen, but what a lot of what I saw in college was, was exactly what I saw in the NHL guy with a truly elite hockey sense and a really high skill level, 
who's undersized and a so-so skater for that size. Um, probably not, you know, does enough defensively to to help the elite offense. Um, not an elite offense. That's probably overstating. You got, you know, really good offense. Mm-hmm. Um, and that's a, you know, a guy who's going to be, I think, a big-time point producer there for a while from, from the blue line. And that's a guy, you know, they have a lot of options there with, with a guy like D'Angelo. But, you know, I think Adam Fox on a standard team is a first power play option. And, you know, that's, that's, a, that's a really nice piece. You uh, just uh, just for people uh, listening at home, uh, you have rated as a hockey sense of seventy. That's out of eighty, correct? Yes, and uh, you know seventy is like a really, really, really high grade. I could probably, you know, among all the prospects I rated in this entire series, um, there might have been five players overall who had at least a seventy in hockey sense, and and five might be on the high scale. Wow. I mean, that's great news for the New York Rangers. Adam Adam Fox seems like he's going to be a a monster player moving forward. Um, I guess going down to the rest of the list, there are some players I I, I have particular questions about, and I'm sure there are players. We'll touch on Hedl. I'm sure, Greg, you're going to want to touch on that too. But one thing that that, um, surprises me about Niels Lundqvist on this is his physical game is like a 40, but his size has always been sort of a concern for me. Could you ease those concerns? mean he's small that's what he is and that's you know it's part of why even though even though he had he played pro all season and looked like he had offense there's a reason why he went in like you know whatever he was like 27 28 or whatever the, their, their pick was um and it's because he's a 5'11 defenseman who is a good not amazing skater um and, and that's why he was picked where he was. But I think what Lundqvist has shown, particularly this past season, his 18-year-old season did not go as promising or nearly as promising as a 17- or 19-year-old season, is that his hockey sense – I've always known it was really good. But like I was when you watched him last year, you're like, oh, God, this is really good. It's not like Adam Fox level, but it's not like far behind. Like This guy just makes – so many you know tremendous plays with the puck you know from the offensive blue line and end from his own end um tremendous exits tremendous you know seeing you know making all the seam passes in the ozone uh just you know really really intelligent player so even though he's not that big and he's fast but he's not that that fast i i see a guy who could be a top four defenseman in the nhl but now, I, you know, I'm sure you know. Now you have a guy like him on 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 one pair. You have a guy like Fox on another pair. You have a guy like D'Angelo on another pair. Um, you know, it's going to be a very small right side. Yeah, absolutely. Um, a more generalized a generalization question for me, Corey. Uh, you've obviously know more about. You will forget more about prospects than Ryan and I will ever know. Who, in your mind, when you were filling out the Rangers rankings, was the biggest mover? Who? Who made the best of their weird 2019-2020 season? Oh, I mean, Lungfist would probably be that guy, clearly. Like I said, I think, you know, the word, his 2019 season, you know, he was fine, good. I would not say he was amazing. Like, his ice time fluctuated. There was times, he, you know, he, he got benched. Um, if I recall, that was, a, you know, a year and a half ago. Um, and, and now I think, you know, he's among the better young defense prospects in hockey. I think that, you know, he made a pretty large jump there, um, from his play between at the SHL 
and um, and the World Juniors. Uh, he, and he even played the national team there for a little bit. So I thought he looked really promising. There, There's a lot of players on your list here um, that are, I, I think a lot of people will be surprised that aren't ranked. And by a lot, I mean probably just one. And that's Leas Anderson. Um, and I, I think one of the players that Greg was talking about earlier was I, I don't think Ranger fans feel like Leas Anderson got a fair shot over Brett Howden, and Brett Howden kind of kept that third-line center role while Leas never got that shot. I don't know if Leas will ever be back as a New York Ranger, but you have him as a sort of NHL potential. What do you see of Leas going forward? I see a guy who's a very intelligent player, who is a very, you know, he's a physical, competitive player. But, I, I mean, I, I've watched this guy a lot now for a long time, including – you know, from the various levels where he didn't score he was in Sweden last year when he was in the American League, his time in the NHL. And, you know, it's it, – it, and, and this kind of goes with how drafting goes is sometimes you have some picks like a Niels who look really, really good. A couple of years later, you got picks like these who don't look as good a couple of years later. But, you know, at least the guy now when you're watching, you're watching, you're like, he's like, geez, like how is this guy like a top 10 pick with his size and his skating and he doesn't really have high-end skill. Now, now mind you, you know – I had him as a mid first when, when he was drafted um, on my list. And I've talked to guys on other teams at that time. So I want, I was curious what people thought I had guys. Oh yeah. This guy's going to be the next Mike Richards. Like he's that good. Um, but you know, when we've watched him in Hartford, I just don't see the speed or the skill. And you know, if you don't have a ton of speed and skill and you're like six, three, six, four, you'd be physically imposing. That's one thing, but you know, this is an undersized guy without a ton of speed. And it's like, you know, at, at some point, you know, we'll, and that's what we ha- what happened when he's playing the NHL. It's just it's hard to see what he can do at, at that level right now. I still think there is a potential for there to be a bottom six forward, whether it's a third or a fourth line, you know, TBD. But you know, I think he's really he's really got to prove it and be much more consistent offensively. Uh, Corey, obviously, the New York Rangers you had ranked number one organizational with the absence of whoever the New York Rangers take at number one overall. Left right how much, how much, right. <laughs> Thank you. How much wider is the gap from the Rangers to who you had second, the New Jersey Devils, if Alexei Lafreniere was to be considered in your rankings? I can't give ties in, in these things, but like I thought it was like a three-way tie at the top between the Rangers, the Devils, and the Canucks. You got to pick somebody to make a list. Mm-hmm. Um, but um, yeah, whatever. I mean, there, there was like minor gaps there. I saw, which is why I went up the Rangers. But yeah, like if you and then the Devils have three first round picks, the Rangers have two. But the Devils have three first round picks, you know. So they're going to add some value to that system with their seven and I think it's the eighteen and the twenty. Uh, but yeah, like when you know the Rangers have now the benefit of winning two straight lotteries. Uh, and the lottery slots they've won, the Kako slot and the Lafreniere slot, are not, you know, this is not, you know, sometimes you win those slots and it's not as interesting. You know, it's Sam, it's, it's Sam Ryan Hart. It's, it's Ryan Nugent Hopkins. But, but that, that's a slot where you're like, this is, these are two really, really, really good players. I mean, Nugent Hopkins was a bad example because he's become a, you know, he was a point of game player last year. But, you know, these are, you know, really, really good players that are going to significantly change the outlook of your team. And yeah, I mean, you know, you could, you know, easily make the conclusion they're going to go from like a close one to one with a bullet after they make that pick. I, I want to go back to your list in a second, but since we're on Lafreniere now, 
Um, I got the the chance to read or reread rather our, our good friend uh, Craig Custance article on the top 10 picks for the last 10 years or wherever it was. And I kept seeing a reoccurring theme from some executives that said, hey, if this guy was a center, I'd have him higher on my list. Is that true for, for when it comes to these rankings? Like, I, I think Lafreniere could be that sort of special talent that can kind of go above his position, uh, like being out, not being a center. But I, obviously, he's not going to be better than McDavid. Like, Matthews and, and uh, McKinnon right now are, are unbeatable. They're, those guys are great. But I think Lafreniere has a chance to, to really be special here. And if he was a center, would, how much higher would he be ranked? I mean, you know, I'd have to watch him play when he does that. Uh, yeah, he's not playing center now. Um, yeah. I probably never will, obviously. I'm just, it's kind of a theoretical yeah, question. Yeah, I mean, maybe he could, maybe he couldn't. I, I've talked to him about this, and I don't know if he feels comfortable playing down the middle. He's been a wing, I think, for a big chunk of his life. Um, I mean, for, for me, you just, it's about, you know, you watch the player and you see what they can do on the ice and the kind of impact they can have on the ice. And, and I mean, this is a guy, he doesn't check every box. Uh, but he checks almost all of them. Uh, and, you know, he's elite, elite skill, hockey sense, competitiveness. He can score goals. Um, I just see a guy who's going to be, you know, where, you know, he's going to be able to touch the top of the scoring charts for, you know, at times when at, at his peak. Is he going to like hold there? Or maybe he's not that good, but like, um, you know, I think he's, you know, he's a, he could be a really, you know, true, true top NHL forward. Um, yeah, I think the only the only concern for me there would be, and you know, I think the Rangers probably gets will you know get a little bit of deja vu here from their last top pick is, you know, his, I don't think his foot speed's amazing. It's, I think it's better than Kako's, um, but I don't think it's amazing. So I will I don't, that'll be the one area where that might that might hold him back from being you know a dominant player in a short period of time. Um, but I still think he's going to be, you know, he's, you, there, I still think with, you know, with all those pieces we've talked about, you know, Hedo, Fox, uh, uh, Kako, Longfist, uh, the player they have on their team, haven't gone to Shesterkin, who barely graduated, uh, you know, the other great players they've acquired her money, you know, they have a, they, they had a heart candidate on their team and you, you add a guy like Lafreniere, I mean, that's a nucleus that can win. I mean, I don't. I don't know when th- that that could happen, and I think the team's in a weird spot because usually when you get those two top guys, or especially that that one that one pick, you're usually bad. Um, you know, you usually don't have guys in their mid to late twenties who are top players. Um, so it'll be interesting to see how that timeline works. But I see this is a nucleus that I think could make some noise. My only non-ranger question for you, and it's because I see it talked about on Twitter.com almost as much as any Ranger fan saying they're excited about Lafreniere. Uh, how ridiculous would it be if the Ottawa Senators walk away at three and five with Quinton Byfield and Lucas Raymond? I mean, they're going to get some combination of you know, Stutzel and or Byfield and one of the other top guys, you know, the value will be roughly the same. You know, I like Byfield. I, I love Byfield's whatever too, but you know, I don't think Stutzel's that far behind. Um, and whether it's Raymond or Perfetti or Drysdale or you know, or Holtz or Rossi or whoever else they might take, uh, you know, they're gonna. That's that rebuild is going to be in a really, really strong position. Like I, you know, you could probably spitball what the org rankings are gonna look like when I'm done when the draft is over. You know, Rangers are gonna be one, and you know, 
I don't know if Ottawa is going to be two, but they'll probably be right in that conversation. There are two players I still want to talk about. Maybe three. I'm sorry, I'm pestering you. There's so many players I'm just so interested in at this point. Um, uh, one of them has to be Conjure Miller, which I, I think a lot of Ranger fans are much higher on than, than you. Um, what it, I, I know he kind of had a tough year at college, and maybe that's why, um, with even with all the ravings from the, the COVID camp, as I'll call it, um, that he's he's lower on your list. Is, is that sort of why, because of the year at Wisconsin? Yeah, I mean, it's a combination of things. Like I said, I think you, you try and take everything into account from watching this guy for a long period of time and, the most recent information is the most important information. Um, and he was a little up and down at Wisconsin and with the USA U20 team as well. Um, I think he has the top four toolkit. I mean, if you just on a pure tool level between the skating and the, and the physicality, and I think he has some skill and uh, I think there is some hockey sense in his game. Like, you know, those components to me look like a guy who should be a top four defenseman, but his play was really inconsistent, both with the, you know, Wisconsin and the under 20 team. Um, it, it just, it, I do really wonder how much offense he's going to have when he gets to the higher levels, if he's going to be able to move the puck, you know, as well versus men as he has been at the collegiate and the, and the junior level, or if he's going to be, you know, sometimes he gets pressure into making bad decisions. If he'll be, if, if that'll be an aspect of his game that doesn't translate very well. But I also see him make a really smart plays too. So like I said, it, 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 it comes and goes a little bit. Uh, I, th- I think he's going to play maybe like a kind of like a four or five D. Kind of what, what I think he is right now, who I think can still bring some of the is that he has the competitiveness, the leadership aspects. Um, they're all, those are all really strong. Um, I don't know if he's going to be you know this big time offensive puck mover though in the NHL. I think that's totally fair. Um, one other qu- player I have to ask about is Vitaly Kravtsov, who uh, is also another player that I feel like we should retire from speaking about on this podcast, but mostly because he goes back and forth all the time, and now he's back in Russia, which which he should be playing. Um, he seems to have a really great start to the season so far. Um, he's uh, I think the Rangers are going to recall him later in the season. What do you project him out to be at this point? Because Ranger fans are expecting more from him when I don't think they should just yet. Yeah, I think, you know... I don't think there's really sugarcoating uh, his last season. It didn't go well. Um, and, you know, between his play at Russia and the American League, he just, you know, it just was an average year for him. Um, I, I like the player because I do think, like I said at the beginning, it's he has really elite puck skills. And, you know, he has the ability to, to break a shift open with his one-on-one play. I think he can see – he sees the ice really well. He has all the – uh, the skill and the hockey sense to be a guy who can run a power play at, at the pro level. Um, the skating though is really average and the compete level is very average. Um, and those are concerns when projecting to the NHL. Cause even when he made the jump to the American league, he looked like he had some struggles better than more in a second stint, but still there were some struggles there. And I still think he's going to be a top six forward, uh, but it could take some time. Uh, it may not be, you know, this season, it might take another year or so. Um, but but there definitely is a lot of skill there. Well, all right. So uh, my last question for, for players, <clears throat> that is, is Morgan Barron. Um, this, sure. is a, this is a player that I think could be the fourth line center for the Rangers next year. Am I overshooting that? Um, it's, I don't think it's unreasonable. 
I think that's the kind of thing you would want to see how he looks in camp first before you just give him before you give him that that job. The ECAC to the NHL is a pretty big jump, um, but he was a top player in college last season. Um, he is an impressive player. He's you know he's big, big frame, uh, really intelligent, competitive player. I would probably say fourth line center for him is, you know, if that's what he, it's probably close to what I think he is at his peak. Mm-hmm. Um, so whether that is next season or the year after, I do think the skating is going to be a bit of an adjustment there for him. So it wouldn't surprise me if he needs a little bit of time in the American League to adjust to the speed of the pro game. Um, but you know, he's a bit of an older player. He'll be like 22 when when camps open. So it wouldn't surprise me to see him push for some ice time. One thing I keep noticing you saying is that the Rangers can't skate. Who do we hire to fix that? Because, you know, between Lafreniere, well, Kako, and Morgan, um, it's just like, how do we improve the, pucks, uh, the skate speed in the future? I don't think it's because of the Rangers. I just think, uh, I think, um, I, I get this feedback from a lot of organizations, not organizations, but fans of organizations mm-hmm. that I think, um, aren't aware of how few good players actually are good skaters. Uh, like there, that's, it's just not, it's not easy to find the guys who tick all the boxes who have the skill and the hockey sense and the skating though, you know, a guy, guys like that tend to go with, you know, pretty high in the draft. Um, you know, the, and that just, you know, you can find the guys who have the great skating and don't have any skill, but they're not really going to get, get you all that excited. Um, but I think you look at guys like Robertson and guys like, like Hedl, you know, Gautier skates well for his size. Keandre skates well. Uh, Zach Jones' skating has gotten a lot better. Lindgren's a great skater. Hayek can skate. You know, there's a lot of guys there who can skate, but if you want the guys with, you know, it's really tough to find the guys with skating and skill. Like, you know, a guy like Byfield or Stutzel who have high-end skating and high-end skill, they go in the top three picks. Right, exactly. I, I, I have FOMO for Byfield, even though we're getting Lafreniere. That's where we're at. <laughs> um, I, I think that's all my questions for Corey. Any other questions for Corey, Greg? Uh, oh, I do have one. Um, the Rangers goaltending situation, a very popular topic of conversation for Rangers fans. Igor Shosturkin, the clear number one. I don't think the three of us would ever disagree on that, ever. My question, Corey, is, is Tyler Wall going to be good enough where Georgiev maybe should be more expendable from a trade standpoint if you're the Rangers? I think it's definitely possible. Uh, I go up and down on Tyler Wall. I think the hockey sense he has is, is really, really good. Um and there'd be some times I would watch him in hockey East and I, and I thought he was, you know, really impressive and just like looked a little bit above the level at times, not consistently, but at times uh, I don't know if the quickness is going to be, you know, top ended up to definitely be a long-term NHL goalie. Uh, I think that's the kind of thing where we're going to really see how he goes in the American league first and, you know, and kind of see how it goes there. Um, I do like him. Um, I wouldn't be slotting it into the lineup though in a year or so, just quite yet. I, I do want to. I do want to see how he does in Hartford first. Corey, can't thank you enough for taking the time to spend with us tonight. Uh, why don't you go ahead and uh, plug anything you're working on? I know, obviously, you just put out a tremendous series that if someone hasn't read it yet, it's on the Athletic, obviously, uh, the NHL organizational rankings, and you can check that out today. If there's, is, you have anything else coming up rather soon, Corey? 
Yeah, probably like 20 things on the draft sometime in the next few weeks. Makes sense. Um, yeah, pretty much. Well, stay, stay tuned. Uh, you know where to find us, The Athletic. <laughs> and Corey, yeah, sure thing. Thank Corey, you, guys. Corey, why, uh, uh, why don't you go ahead and also uh, plug your Twitter, too, and then we'll let you get out of here. Yeah, sure thing. At Corey Promen, all one, all one word, C-O-R-E-Y-P-R-O-N-M-A-N. Awesome. Corey, you're the best. Thank you so much. Appreciate it. Yep, sure thing. Hey, we're back. Just had our wonderful interview with Corey. Thank him so much for coming on. But I'd be remiss if I didn't offer this opportunity to my dear friend Gregory. As you know, we are a horse racing Mets and Rangers, sometimes Rangers podcast. I can't believe you got that out of order, though. That's kind of offensive. Is, I thought we were horse racing first, Mets second, oh, sometimes Rangers. Come on. Okay. Come on now. All right. All right. Well, things change, you know. Is horse racing season over now? The beauty of horse racing season, Ryan, is that it never ends. Oh, God. <laughs> um, all right. So Mets first, then horse racing, sometimes go. Rangers. Yep. There we go. Officially a good host. Uh, I would be seriously. Uh, there's sometimes when you talk about trading like an 11th, uh, 11th ranked prospect that might be a starter one day where I'm kind of like, what is happening right now? But today, you excuse, lo- excuse you, Kevin Smith is 12th ranked <laughs> prospect. You get it right. Okay. Well, you you get his you get his name right. Put some sir. respect in Kevin Smith's name. But in this case, uh, the Wilpons who have taunted you and tortured you for many many years and provided mm-hmm. me with much hilarity and many other sports fans much questioning of what the hell is happening in Queens have sold the team to Stevie Cohen, and you now have a new mm-hmm. owner. Um, mm-hmm. If 23 of 20, 30 owners approve, which I'm assuming they will, I don't see a reason mm-hmm. they wouldn't, how are, how are your feelings on this fine Monday night? Oh, today is a day where I think as a 31-year-old, you're allowed to believe in Santa Claus again. That that's I think that's follow the up. most level-headed way I can <laughs> describe follow, it. Follow-up uh, from your coast. Uh, you are Jewish, correct? <laughs> I am. Okay. I am. I've heard stories, though. I, I, you know, I had friends who pretended to be both. Right. So, just checking. I, I, I have a vague awareness of who the jolly man mm-hmm. is. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's just everything's on the table now, right? It Literally everything. I, I can, I, I can say stuff like the Mets will be players for JT Realmuto, and it's, it's not a joke anymore because we all. I could have said that before, but we all know what the answer to that question used to be. And they can't afford them. They're not going to afford them. They're not going to pay them. I, I can say the Mets are going to extend Michael Conforto. I can say the Mets are going to re-sign Marcus Stroman. We're talking about a guy who has so much money that he has no concept of money anymore. He tripled <laughs> the amount of value of, uh, I, be- I believe, him himself owns more than the other 29 owners, or it's close to it. Yeah. Ryan, he's spending $2.5 billion with a B on the New York Mets. That isn't even... That isn't even nine percent of his actual worth. That's sickening. That's honestly yeah. sickening. <laughs> he's he's he he didn't cross the ten percent threshold to buy the New York Mets. Wow. I will. Uh, but, well, actually, I, I don't know what, what I, math. Fine, it's hard. Hold on. I'll correct myself. Someone, someone in the mentions. You. Someone in the mentions will be like, "Well, actually, well, Greg. Well, actually, uh, math, Greg." Yes. Um, All right. So two point five mm-hmm. divided by fourteen point one. Welcome to math. It, it it crossed ten percent, Ryan. I got news for you. We are not math it's boys. It's still we're no, we never been. We've never been analytics. Uh, seven, it's seventeen point seven percent of his na- of his actual worth. Still less than the New York less Mets. than. And that by the way, the Mets are going to make him money back over time, and he probably doesn't care anyway. It's just a situation that's un unbelievable. That now this mm-hmm. guy is the richest owner in the MLB by far. Um, how long does uh, uh your your GM last? That's a good question. I I don't know. I don't know either. I. 
I feel like Brody was like, he went over to the Wilpons and he was like, sold them. And that was it. Yeah, but there's a part of me that Brody Brody's the same guy who gave up too much for Edwin Diaz and Robinson Cano because the Mets just didn't eat Cano's contract, right? Mm-hmm. So it it's hard to judge Brody because he's been playing with, with a, a hand tied behind his back. Like, there's a very good chance that Brody Van Wagenen is not a guy you should have running a front office, and the way he judges talent isn't smarter wise. At the same time, you know, JT was Brody's client. Brody Brody's first big fish was JT Realmuto. He wanted JT Realmuto. Right. That was his guy. So it's I don't know. I I'm so split on Brody. I thought what Brody did this year at the deadline was stupid. But again, I thought most of what he did at the deadline had to do with money and the lack of the Mets wanting to spend. So it's when Brody was playing with a salary cap, I don't want I don't want salary cap Brody Van Wagenen. I think we've seen enough of that. That doesn't seem fun. But now we're going to be living in this world where there is no, there are no rules. There's too much money. Uh, the budget doesn't exist. Literally everything is on the table. I, I I will give Brody one more chance. If if Brody staying means I get JT Realmuto, I want Brody to stay because that's the guy I want. Are you ready for the Trevor Bauer experience? No, I have no interest in Trevor. Just re-sign Strowman. I don't want Bauer. Okay. <laughs> I think Bauer. I think Bauer's a fraud. Really? You do? Huh. I like yeah. Bauer. I, 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 I think he's a very uh, polarizing figure. Mm-hmm. I don't think he would work in that Met clubhouse. I, I, I think he would have a bad time. Maybe that's uh, that might be true. Actually, the way when you put it yeah. that way in the clubhouse, it might be true. Yeah, I, I don't think, and it's funny because we've talked about so many times about what or how little pressure the media puts on the New York Rangers. Completely different story with the New York Mets. I don't think Trevor Bauer is, works in New York. No. If I'm Trevor, if, if that kind of personality is not going to, I, this shouldn't be a thing that keeps some, I'm, the problem here is I'm already out on Bauer. So then you add in the fact that that guy is just going to be in the tabloids. for He's like Matt Harvey without the nightlife. Mm, I think Bauer's a little bit better than Matt Harvey. But... Oh, oh, no, I'm, I'm talking purely from a tablet got it, got perspective. It, got it. I, both of them are good pitchers. Both of them are going to live, or I'm talking about 2015 and right. before Matt the Harvey. The actual Matt Harvey. Yes. Uh, both of them, Matt Harvey lived in the tabloids in a way that it was annoying. So when Matt Harvey cratered, it was very easy to say goodbye to Matt Harvey. Exactly. Trevor Bauer is going to live in the tabloids in New York. And I'm already not a big fan of his on a non-tabloid level. I go back. So I'd rather just not deal with it. Um, All right. So now that is other than Real Muto, is there like another pie in the sky thing that you want to happen? Or is it just you're really interested to see how the process works? Well, I want to see I want to see the Mets use their might and trades again. I I want the Mets to make a I want the Mets to do what the Dodgers did to get Mookie Betts. Right. Right. Yeah. If if Cohen was here a year earlier. We think the Mets would be more than happy to take David Price to bring in Mookie Betts. I, I want the Mets to live in the Dodgers world now. I So if I, – I, I don't know. Uh, who's, a, who's a big contract on a bad team right now? There's so it's many. It's hard to think of one off the top of my head. Pujols? Get Mike Tried over here? <laughs> oh, no. I mean, if, if that was possible, yes. Yeah, uh, absolutely. Yeah. I know but it's I don't not think possible. It's possible. Yeah. Uh, but think of like um, – like who's a bloated contract on the Rangers right now? 
there's not really too many bloated Ranger contracts. I mean, Stahl. The Texas Rangers? Oh, sorry. Uh, I, I, <laughs> what was I thinking of? Hey, if Steve, if Steve wants – look, you know what Steve should do to win over the New York market? He should go to James Dolan and be like, hey, man, I will pay Mark Stahl. Get rid of him. I was thinking, like, like imagine, I'm looking at, imagine the crossover appeal Steve Cohen would have if he did that. Miguel Cabrera. But who's not, who? Who's yeah, who do you want? Tiger? Nobody. Yeah, literally and nobody. The Mets already have two first basemen. Yes, but All right. they could just. Put I, I see. Miguel Cabrera I see what you're bench. saying, though. Yeah, I I want them to make a Mookie trade. I I want them to get a star pitcher for basically redo the Diaz trade. Right, get an Edwin Diaz type. By also taking on Robinson Cano, but because this time you'll take on all of Cano's contract, so you'll actually not have to give up too much. Makes sense. All right, yeah, man. That's that's what I want to see. I the, I want them to re-sign Stroman. I want them to extend Conforto. I want them to possibly extend Syndergaard, and I want them to sign Real Muto. Legitimate Other congratulations. Agents, I don't care. Legitimate I congratulations. Want, you, yeah, you I, earned it. It's 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 a good it, it one of the few times that you can say it's a good day to be a, new, a fan of the New York. Honestly, I uh, when I say you earned it, like I it's not in jest. Like Mets fans out there, if you're out we, there, it's been a Ryan, long. Ryan, we put the, we put the work in. Yeah, I we, know. We put the we put the fucking work. In. <laughs> I'm, I'm I'm not saying that sarcastically at all. Um. All right, let's uh end the show. Any other Mets thoughts before we get out of here? Ooh, uh, I'm ready for this season to be over. I'll tell you that right now. Yeah. Can, hey. can I make one more baseball point? Right now, if the playoffs started today, I hate this playoff format. It's 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 first to two, right? It's best of three, I guess is what it is. And yeah. today, if you started today, it would be Rays-Yankees. Cool. Cool. Uh, yeah, I, I want to I play Cole. That's awesome. There's, there are just – I this, I'm let me put it this way. I'm happy that they tried this model once. Mm-hmm. Because the fact that the Mets are something like three games out of a playoff spot right now, that's how I know this is too many teams. This New York Met team doesn't deserve to be sniffing the playoffs. They have two starting pitchers. There's a lot of Michael Waka. There's a lot of Erasmo Ramirez. Yes. That's not a team that should be on the verge of playoff contention with 13 games left. Right. So this, I'm, I'm happy they've tried it because now we know that this is too many teams. It's too the many. The Mets shouldn't be in a position to be a playoff team eight, right Eight now. from each division, each, each uh, whatever conference is too it's fucking too many. many. It's too fucking many. It's too I, many. I can deal with six, man. Uh, eight is too I much. I think you you could talk you can talk me into six, and you can talk me into it being um, just the top two in each division if you wanted to go that route. Make make divisions matter so much more. I'm interested in that. All right, man. Let's end the show. You can follow me on Twitter at Orion Mead. I'm going to take a Twitter break, I think, starting this week. I'm going on vacation next week. Greg well, and I will still be recording. And then I, I took I basically took a Twitter break over the weekend. Yeah. Uh, a couple buddies came up. Uh, uh-huh. Our friends from colleges came up. Yep. And I basically disconnected from Twitter for the weekend. Hung out with them. Mm-hmm. Did a, some shenanigans. It's a nice refresh. It was, dude. It was. It's incredible. I yeah. can't. I can't emphasize it more. We'll still have an episode next week. Uh, Greg and I record on Monday. I'm taking off the rest of the week. I'm going to uh, Shenandoah National Park to do some hiking with the uh, with said wife. So. Uh, we'll be back uh, next week. Yeah, fun times. Uh, we'll be back next week, and we'll talk to you guys then. Follow Greg at Bushwick Break. Follow me at Orion Bye.